0: If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. My dear Christian friends, you may have noticed that we received a little bit of snow this week. That it may have taken you a little while to shovel 17 inches of snow out of your driveway and sidewalk. Unless you had a really nice neighbor with a snowblower and he came and he snowblowed your driveway and your sidewalk for you. I'm guessing if he did that, you would be pretty appreciative. Not so with a reporter named Virginia. She wrote an op-ed for her major newspaper on how upset she was at her neighbor for snow blowing her driveway. Because Virginia and her neighbor are on different ends of the political spectrum, she could not accept this generous act of kindness. So she wrote: Here's my response to my plowed driveway. Politely, but not profusely, I'll acknowledge the Sassian move with a wave of thanks. A minimal start on building back trust. I'm not ready to knock on the door with a covered dish yet. I also can't give my neighbor's absolution. It's not mine to give. Free driveway work, as nice as it is, just is not the same currency as justice and truth. And those were some of the nicer things she had to say in the op-ed. Imagine thinking this way. This person is so filled with hate that she cannot accept her neighbor's gesture of kindness. But I'm guessing the neighbor didn't even think twice about this because you know that if you give a guy enough time and gas with his snowblower, he will do the entire block. Maybe when you saw our Lenten theme for these six Sundays on reasons to hate Jesus, you were thinking, has Pastor lost it? How could we ever hate Jesus? Oh, sure, we accept what the scriptures say that the Jewish religious leaders hated Jesus. But, friends, do we accept that our sinful nature hates Jesus? As the divine Son of God and the human Son of Mary, Jesus naturally does good works. And we should love him and praise him for these good works that he does in our place and applies to us. But we don't. According to our sinful nature, we end up resenting him, despising him, even hating him. And that makes about as much sense as hating your neighbor for snow blowing your driveway. This Lenten season, we're going to look at six reasons why we hate Jesus. And the first of those is because he resisted temptation. Mark writes in his gospel, the spirit immediately sent Jesus out into the wilderness. So this is immediately after Jesus' baptism. While he is still dripping wet from the Jordan River, the spirit sends out the king of kings to do battle against the prince of this world. It is the serpent crusher versus the ancient serpent. It is the Light of the world versus the prince of darkness. And it was God's will that Jesus be sent out into the desert alone. He went out there where there were no distractions, there was no job to be done, no work except for the redemptive work of saving mankind. Jesus goes without eating for 40 days, Jesus merely exists there. And that's part of what makes these resisting of these temptations so difficult. There's nothing else to do. There's no other distractions. There's nowhere else to go. Well, what do you do when you have nothing else to do? For most of you, you pull out your phone and you scroll and you swipe and you play. With Jesus, when he had nothing to do, I'm guessing that he was praying and meditating upon the scriptures, that he was using the sword of the Spirit to, war, to thwart every attack of the evil one. Mark says he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels were serving him. And that's all that Mark has to say about the temptations of Jesus over those 40 days because Mark's gospel is one of action. He says that Jesus was tempted over the course of 40 days. He stood up to Satan. This was not a battle over a golden fiddle. This was a battle for souls. Satan had been preparing and training for this battle for over six millennia. I'm guessing that he had his battle plan all drawn out. And yet, Even the devil could not have imagined the state that the Son of God would be in when they went and had this battle. But Jesus was exhausted, fatigued, famished. He was at his lowest, and he still beat the devil. Jesus resisted temptation. But of course Jesus resisted temptation. He's perfect. it's no contest. That would be like... Imagining if you were invited to step onto the court to play a game of horse against Larry Bird or Steph Curry. Even at your best, you would not beat either one of those guys in a game of horse. You would not measure up. And then if you keep getting invited to play against those guys, what's going to happen? You're going to resent Bird and Curry. You don't want to step onto that court again. You don't want to be embarrassed again. You would rather just give up and take the loss. And isn't that what happens so often when we step onto the court against our temptation? Just pick a temptation. Coveting, hoarding, overeating, alcohol, lying, anger, revenge, lust, gossiping, laziness. You struggle with these temptations. You try so hard to overcome these temptations. You use God's word and prayer to fight against these temptations. You resist and you flee them. But because you are a weak, sinful human being, eventually you fall to them. You end up losing. And very soon, you don't even try. You just give up and take the loss. And then along comes Jesus, and he steps onto the court against temptations. And as good as the temptations are, they're not good enough to go up against the perfect son of God. He just wins. And then he defeats everything that has ever defeated you. He deftly and divinely avoids everything that the devil throws at him. And doesn't that just get under your skin? And then Jesus makes it worse. That after he left the desert and he began his public ministry, then he had one singular message. And if you were paying attention, it was the same message that I spoke to you as you came forward and placed your ashes on the sackcloth banner on Wednesday evening. That message is repent and believe in the gospel. Have you ever had a friend like this? A friend that is so good and can do everything so easily, whether it's draw a picture, program a computer, play a game, and you can't do any of those things. And then he tries to help you, and he says, well, it's not that hard. It's really actually very easy. Just do it like this. Do you enjoy being around people like that? The reason our sinful nature hates Jesus is because we look at him as being our example that we imagine that jesus went out into the desert and he resisted temptation with prayer and god's word so then we should just follow his example and if we pray enough and we read scripture enough then we should be able to resist temptation too we think that's why jesus did this in the desert But that's not why Jesus went into the desert. He didn't resist the temptations to be your example. He resisted these temptations to be your substitute. He didn't do this to tell you this is what you should do. He did this to show you it has already been done for you. Jesus is not some snot-nosed punk that is just rubbing your nose in something that he can do and you can't do the writer to the Hebrews summarizes the meaning of Jesus' temptations. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus is facing sin for us. He is with us and for us. Because while we were still dripping wet from our baptism, the Holy Spirit sent us into the wilderness to go up against the old evil foe who now means deadly woe. We are being sent to war. Trials, temptations, testing is going to come your way. You can expect them. You've been baptized after all. Think of everything that happened to Jesus because He was baptized, that you had the seal, you had the mark of the beast washed off of your forehead at your baptism, and the seal of the Spirit put on you, that at your baptism you were ripped out of the claws of the devil and placed into the hands of your heavenly Father. At your baptism, the pastor made the sign of the cross from your head to your heart, marking you as redeemed child of Christ. And the devil hates all of that. And his minions in this world hate all of that. Together, the devil and his minions will do everything they can to tempt you and trick you and test you. They will throw everything they have at you. But remember that Jesus said that a servant is not greater than his master. The devil tempted Jesus in the desert and then Satan unleashed the hordes of hell as so many people were being possessed in Judea and Galilee. Even the people that Jesus grew up with in his own, own hometown of Nazareth tried throwing him off of a cliff. And if These things happen to the master. They're going to happen to us as the servants. The life of a baptized believer is never easy. Christians are not granted any kind of special immunities from disease. No exemptions from suffering. No fast passes so that we can go around the wilderness. No, Jesus sends us into the wilderness. We are dwelling in the wilderness. Here's the difference though. Jesus was driven into the wilderness to go up against the devil by himself. You and I are driven into the wilderness, but we're not going to be out there on our own because Jesus is already in that desert with us. He battles the devil and his temptations with us and for us because he's already won the war. Not as our example, but as our substitute. How did he win the war? Revelation says they conquered the dragon because of the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of a lamb defeated a huge dragon. The truth of Christ defeated the lies of the devil. The power of the Son of God was no match for a mere angel, no matter how demonic he may have been. And for all of the times that we have been attracted by the devil's lies... Jesus was never once attracted by those lies or distracted by the threats. Jesus fought the good fight. He is the valiant one whom God himself elected. For all the times that we have been apathetic and laid laid down our arms in this war, Jesus marched solemnly forward. The bruised descendant of Eve stepped down and crushed the ancient serpent's head as he marched resolutely to Golgotha's hill. For all the times that we have welcomed sin into our lives and given into temptation, Jesus walked resolutely to the cross. There at the old rugged cross, he paid for your sins. He bled for your temptations. He took on himself God's wrath for your weakness. And now, distanced from the desert and getting down from the cross and going away from the grave, Jesus grants you his victory over Satan. One little word can fell him. Satan can no longer condemn you. Christ has condemned Satan. The accuser now stands accused. St. Paul assures us that we are not alone in this battle against the devil. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And yet, knowing all of this, we still hate Jesus. We hate him because he resisted temptations. And our sinful nature wants to give in to these temptations. Now, our sanctified spirit listens to Jesus and wants to return to the Lord and repent. But our sinful nature hates that too. Because our sinful nature hates admitting that we are weak, incapable, that we're wrong. But it is our sinful nature that's wrong. Why would we hate someone Who rescued us? Why would we hate someone who went out of his way to help us? Why would we hate someone who is in his very nature to have the time and the energy, the love and the compassion to resist temptations as our substitute? The only reason that we do this is because we want to do it all on our own. But Jesus came to rescue those who refused to fight against temptation. He was perfect for the imperfect. He went to the cross for those who hated him. The Jewish religious leaders and us. So repent and believe this good news. The good news is not how to fight temptation. The good news is that Jesus has already fought this temptation. It's not about what you need to do. It is about accepting what Jesus has already done for you. It is silly to despise people who do nice things for you, like snow blowing your driveway. It is easy to resent people who are so much better at doing things than you are. It is easy for you to hate the people who get it right when you so often get it wrong. But Jesus always got it right. Not to make you hate him. Not to be your example, but to be your substitute. Jesus has already won the victory in his battle in the wilderness for you. Now he's given that victory to you. Amen.